Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org. Good morning. My name is Pastor Andrea. I would like to add my welcome to Pastor Michelle. If you're first time with us, welcome to you in person, but also online. Let's know you're here. <laughs> Today we'll continue on with our sermon series, Back to the Basics, and we'll be still in James. So I invite you to stand for the reading of our, of our word. It comes from James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. My brothers and sisters... Now many of you should become teachers because we know that we teachers will be judged more strictly. We all make mistakes often, but those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a um, bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. Consider ships. They are so large that strong winds are needed to drive them. But pilots direct their ships wherever they want with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts wildly. Think about this. A small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire. A world of evil at work in us. It stains, it contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we both bless the Lord and Father and curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessings and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be this way. Both fresh water and salt water don't come from the same spring, do they? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree produce olives? Can a grapevine produce figs? Of course not. And fresh water doesn't flow from a saltwater spring either. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Have you all said good morning, Grace? Y'all remember that a couple weeks ago? Good morning, Grace. Can we say good morning, Grace? Good morning, Grace. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and holy Lord, we're so thankful for this opportunity to gather here in your midst, in your presence, Lord. In this very moment, we ask your Holy Spirit rest upon us so that our ears, our hearts, our minds may be open to be transformed by the living word on this morning so that we can leave here just a little bit better, a lot better. In Christ, we pray. Amen. Growing up, I, I remember hearing these words, and you probably have told it to your, to your children, and probably are now telling it to your grandchildren. And if you're parents, I see little ones here, I'm pretty sure you're teaching them too, that we should not play with fire. 
fire gets us hurt. And when we're younger, we still like to go and, 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 um, and test out just being, you know, exploratory. I have plenty of markings on my body for, you know, playing with fire. Not for real, for real, but, you know, in the, in the kitchen and ironing. I don't iron anymore. I have a steamer or take it to cleaners. But we all know. We get the gist, right? And in James' gospel on today, letter rather, James is providing a very vivid picture of the dangers of fire. But it's not the fire that comes from, you know, it's the fire that comes from within, it comes from our tongues. James tells us that our, fi- our tongues are fire. And a lot of us are saying, you know, I, I can, I've tamed my tongue, I've, I've, you know, but scripture here says here in verse 2, we all make mistakes often. But those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Has anybody reached maturity? Anybody? Any takers? Yes. So the word is for us today. And, and if, we, if we think about it, the Bible itself is retelling the story over and over about the salvation of Jesus Christ but also remind us how we are to be because some kind of way ourselves get in the way and we fall short. And we need to, to be reminded, we need to be encouraged to go out into the world to be better people because it is a journey. And we are in a sermon series about Methodist 101 to, to, to coincide with the journey our compromands are, are taking all the way into November. It's important for us to, to understand and be able to articulate the theology of what it means to be Methodist. Because we have, I always say, beautiful theology that is life-changing. And what we've done is, um, if, is walking through James and, and pairing that with our lens of Methodism that is going to set you up for the future. So you're going to be changed. You, you read scripture and say, this is the Wesleyan way to read this now. So this is the, this is, this is the, the task that was before us. So James begins to tell us, he gives us two descriptions, he gives us the um, description of the horse. Has anybody, I'm not a horse rider, has anybody here horse riders been horse riding? Yeah, I'm not, that's not much of my thing to be outside of the nature. But James is telling us, he's giving us this, this vivid description of a huge horse. But the one that saddles up and, and, and begins to want to ride this horse, you, you have this, this bridle on the horse, a little thing that goes in his mouth, and you're able to, to, to control it. We're able to control the horse by, by just, you know, I've seen it on TV, you know, you just do this and they go and all that kind of stuff, you know. And he says, whenever we bridle a horse and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we control their whole bodies. And it says, consider ships. Ships are blown by the winds, but there is somebody behind the wheel. I've not been on a ship either, or a boat for that matter. Can't swim, so that's why. But anyway, but behind the wheel is someone that has the wheel to navigate it, to go where it needs to go. And so James providing very clear, um, clear descriptions of the ability for humanity to control things. But this little thing in our mouth, we have difficulty taming. 
He says, think about this, a small flame can set a whole forest on, on fire. We know that forests are huge, but a little spark of fire does so much damage. Fire is destructive. Matter of fact, we have a fire extinguisher just in case this gets destructive. Fire is destructive. Our tongues, what comes out of our mouths, what is inside us is destructive. It is a world of evil at work in us, the scripture says. It stains our lives. The words we say, the words that we think that don't always come out, the things that come inside us is not of God. And the scripture tells us in, in James 26, as those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Oh, how we've misled ourselves. And we can think back over these last few years and the ways in which we have spoken to one another. Whether in text message, because that seems to be the, the preferred method of, of communication these days. So it's not only the things that come out verbally, but the things that we text. Does anybody have, are y'all on social media? I know that's a thing for some people. Are y'all on social media at all? Facebook, y'all have... I follow a lot of you on Facebook, so I know. <laughs> but the things that we see and the things that we share, the times in which we say, I got to say something, and we get called in those. Anybody been called up responding to people on Facebook? I don't do that anymore. I used to, but I, I said, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I am wasting my life away doing this. So you have to stop. But the point here I'm making is the words we say, whether it's verbal or on social media, or text messages, in person, whatever, those words can be deadly. Have, has anyone, I know how we are as humans, we, we say things. And once we say things, we can't get it back. We can't unlearn it, we can't unhear it. Words are that powerful, it goes out and we can't, Get it back, and, and we say things, and we'll have, what do we normally say when we say things we don't want, we shouldn't have said? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I I I didn't mean it. I am I the only one in here that has experienced that? As a matter of fact, we are sitting in here because somebody's words has hurt us so much that we are strange from loved ones. We're estranged from our, our daughters. We're estranged from our sons. We're estranged from our mothers and our fathers and our grandparents and our cousins and our friends. We're estranged because words are so destructive. And the scripture is calling us to take a moment to think about the things that we say. And James continues to just pile on these metaphors. I was like, good Lord, James, we get it. And James goes on and says, because our tongues are fire, because our, our tongue contaminates or stains our entire lives because of it, 
the cycle of life, which we're not thinking about Lion King cycle of life. We're talking about the cycle becoming the, the things that we say has, a, has ripple effect. That it continues to be destructive. We, 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 we consume so many things um, externally that are of this world. And, and James reminds us in verse, chapter 1, verses 27, to keep the world from contaminating us, to keep the world from saving us. But we have been consumed with the politics of the day. We have been consumed with the vaccine or not vaccines, to take this or take that, to do this, wear a mask, don't take a mask, to be a part of the Methodist church, to be on this side or that side. And all these things are contaminating us, staining us. And I don't know about you, um, because we're consuming, we turn the news on and we are disgruntled. You may be happy, I don't know, but I, I know that it's, it's heightened and the tension is heightening, the hate is heightening, all these divisions are heightened, and we ourselves have internalized these things. And we don't even know why we're responding the way we're responding. We, we just have these moments of snapping. Y'all know what snapping is? Like you just, you just uptight. Yes. We have to be sensitive to what we are consuming. Because the things that we consume, the things we read, the things we hear, it takes root. And it begins to inflame us inside. We're walking around with many flames inside because we have let the world contaminate us, to stain us. The church has not been divorced from this, 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 um, this um, critique. Because the church has been harmful. We don't necessarily have the best history of the Methodist church. We have been on the wrong side of history a lot. And not everyone, but enough to be able to provide death-dealing theologies, death dealing with dehumanization, namely in the construction of race, that is still having a ripple effect. This cycle of becoming has continually to be destructed by words and constructions that were constructed long ago. The things that we say continue to take shape, and we're called as a body of Christ to put out the flames. And our book of discipline is not our Bible, although some Methodists think it is. <laughs> the book of discipline, this is one from 1972. It was on my shelf. I have a hard copy of 2016. I don't have a hard copy. I have a Kindle. I have Kindles as well, Kindle books on there. But I like to, in worship, to read things because I want you to think I'm making it up. <laughs> but in the, um, the book of discipline, we have what's called the general rules. Have y'all heard the general, about the general rules? I know one thing we've heard has been present in our, in, our, in, our, in our minds and off our lips is do no harm. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. John Wesley um, um, developed these general rules as part of the, um, the United Society um, in the early or late 18th century. So it was like, yeah, the late 18th century. 
And the United um, Society was partly, was, it was a little sexy, it was, it was all men. Women weren't a part of this just yet. <laughs> it's okay. The, the movement was very, um, it was both men and women, but this particular United Society was, it was a group of men that gathered together in classes, what we call the class meeting. Have y'all heard that before? Class meetings? They gather to, 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 um, to watch over one another in love. They gather to read scripture. They, they gather to ask one question, how are you experiencing God? And so the, these, um, these general rules were, were, uh, were rules to help them understand that they were going on to Christian perfection. That this was a marker of how they were living out their, their, their salvation. It was a marker of sanctification. Remember that word we, I said a couple weeks ago, sanctification? That means you were, you were turning towards God's grace. You're saying, good morning. And you're responding. And things, you are changing, becoming, taking on the mind of Christ. You are being Christ-like. And he says here, it is therefore expected of all who continue therein, the class meetings of society, that they should continue to evidence the desire of salvation. We have a desire. We have a desire to be transformed in the likeness of Christ. And number one, it says here, first, by doing no harm. By avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which is generally practiced, such as the taking the name of God in vain, the profaning the day of the Lord, either by doing ordinary work therein, or buying or selling, drunkenness, drinking spirituous liquors, we are doing harm here. Not really? Okay. Unless in case of necessity... The buying or selling of men, women, and children with an intention to enslave them. So, enslaving people. Slavery is doing harm. Fighting, quarreling, brawling, brother going to law with brother, returning evil for evil, or railing for railing. Y'all know what that means, railing? I had to look it up. It's an antiquated word. We don't say it too much. But it's, it, it, is, it is profane language, how we talk to one another. It's being rude. It's being boastful. It's being harmful in our speech. So doing no harm is, is, is here. It's as how we speak to each other, quarreling or going back and forth to get even with our words is doing harm. It's here. But again, the, the movement to these general rules has... They are timeless because we can contextualize them for our, for, for our world today. Because we're, we, we're not back in 18th century England. We're here in the 21st century in America. But it's still calling us to adopt these rules, not as a one, two, three, four, you know, or X, Y, and Z is this. These rules shape us and is rooted in the last rule. To stay in love with God. We cannot begin to do no harm or begin to do good without loving God. Feeling the, God fills us with God's love, but we have to say, accept it. And to begin, um, to begin to be so full of God's love that it pours out to loving our neighbors. So doing harm, taming our speech, taming what goes inside of us because it comes out, a marker of that is turning towards and participating in God's grace. We're able to put out 
flames by participating in God's grace. And if you struggle with that from time to time, we get it. That's a mark of being human. We, We fall short, but thanks be to God that God loves us so much that the scripture reminds us in James that the word has been implanted deep inside us. The word is already in you. And scripture also tells us in James 4 that God loves us, that God gave God's spirit. God's spirit dwells in us. We put out flames. We, we, we change how we talk. We, we pause and reflect how our words are, are causing harm or not. By turning towards the word God in us. And I ask you, and I, and I, and I ask you this question. How often are you picking up your Bible to read? How often are you taking time to reflect? And because this is a means of grace. It allows us to, to meet God here and allows us to be transformed by the word of God. The word is implanted, but we have to also read the word of God. Because once the word of God is in us, you know what begins to come out of our mouths? The goodness of God. It takes over the evil that can, can build up in us. By studying and by participating in means of grace. And I'm so glad that we have this meal every single week that it nourishes us for the journey. That nourishes us, allows that flame that likes to rage inside our bodies to come out. That's spitting up flames and destructing everything in our past with our words. We have the gift of the bread, this bread and body in Christ's blood. We, we take these, these elements And it becomes nourishment for us so that we can always say good morning, Grace. That we can always choose to do no harm. And even if we we don't get it right because that's going to happen, we we could turn again because God's grace is breathing into us every single moment. It allows us to have this divine wisdom. And the scripture of James tells us if we don't have these gifts... We don't have, we, don't, we were struggling with our wisdom to, to, or struggling with becoming better people daily, have desire. It says, if you just ask, God says, I am not stingy. I will give you what you need. But God has always already given us what we need to begin to gather, putting out flames. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks once again for joining us on The Gathering Podcast. Grace and peace, y'all.